Hey, welcome to Stirring Faith with Cherry Strange. Thank you for joining me today. Stirring Faith aims to lead women to desire more of God in their everyday life, making Him evident and desirable to others. Now, let's get started. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This is the final week of summer for most people, or you might have already gone back to school already. We're moving our second daughter to college today, so the rest of us are going to be gearing up toward the fall semester as the next few days transpire. What that generally means for most of us is that our calendars begin filling up. The tension to get everything done gets a little bit tense. So what we find ourselves doing is trying to find a way to get all the things on the list accomplished. We need to prioritize our time again. We've had a six-month lull, some of us, but we're back even though we might not know how it's going to turn out. So the last week and this week, we are talking here about prioritizing your time and the essentials needed for doing that in a God-honoring way. What exactly are we going to prioritize over something else and what is the best way to do that because often things get left undone on the list often the important things the things that we really really feel that God is moving us towards and it gets dropped off the list how do we ensure that we are going about our days with integrity intentionality and with the pursuit of exactly what God is calling us to so that is what we talked about last week and we got partially through our list of five essentials And today we're going to finish that up. So let's do a quick review over those first ones we did last week. And then we'll finish it up today. The first essential was to know what God says is important. We cannot accomplish what He has called us to as followers in Christ if we don't know what He prioritizes. The best way to do that is to know what He says about time. We talked about some ways like seeking His Word, prayer, allowing our minds to be renewed by being transformed, and that comes through reading His Word, not forsaking the fellowship of the believer, discipling those entrusted to us, then these were just a few and it's all going to play out so that is a number one thing is to pursue what god says is important over what we see is important and what those around us view as important that's the first essential the second one is to recognize that the christian life is about neglect and that prayer is going to be a necessity to determine what we are to neglect how can we escape if we neglect such a great salvation and this idea that every day we make choices about what we are going to neglect, what books we're going to read, what things we're going to listen to, what are we not going to attend, what are we not going to have our children be involved in, what are we going to pursue instead that's going to reflect the kind of life God would have us live because it will look different. Recognizing that the Christian life is about neglect every single day and no one is immune. Even the greatest Christian minds and those who've accomplished the most have to make these same kind of choices and we're really not smart enough to figure this out for ourselves. We must be people who take our lists and our agendas and our dreams into prayer and let God be the one who determines what it is He would like us to pursue and what He would like us to neglect. The third was very related to this in that it's about this idea of what we pursue and what we do not pursue and separating the urgent from the important. That's number three. Separate the urgent from the important and how we're not really smart enough 
to know the difference unless it's thrust upon us like a pandemic. Someone in our environment is found to be positive with the virus and that would be an example of the urgent or you get a call that there's been an accident and your daughter now has a broken arm or something like that. I mean, those, those kind of things are urgent and you must attend to them or you get locked out of your Amazon account. That's pretty urgent. <laughs> so then you can't pursue the important because you got to spend all your time dealing with things that you weren't going to have to deal with. And then we looked specifically at the kind of urgencies that we bring on ourselves because we did not take care of our business and the other kind of urgencies that are thrust upon us that we are just not in control of and the grace that God issues to us. The important things on our list are what we believe God has called us to do and accomplish. Then we looked at how the important things are the things that so often do not get accomplished for various reasons and specifically we looked at the Israelites in pursuit of the promised land. They did not possess it, such as Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants, and Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites, and Zebulun, they didn't drive out the people, and neither did Naphtali. All these tribes did not receive what was promised because they didn't take possession. I can understand that because things get in the way and all kinds of other uh, issues pop up that we can't even articulate. But I can understand them because the urgent often takes over the important. So we have to pray and ask God to help us understand what is truly important that we must pursue. The next one that we want to cover, and it's a natural outpouring of trying to discern between the urgent and the important through prayer and what God would have us do because it is to start living in your specific calling. Number four is to start living in your specific calling. The best advice I have received in this area is to let other people do what anybody can do so that you can do what only you can do. That requires knowing what I can do that no one else can do. It also requires knowing those things that I can stop micromanaging. I often struggle with that part. Often it's a lot of work up front to teach other people to take over my work that anybody can do that no one's currently helping me with. And it requires enlisting help, consistent help, reliable help, help that's actually helpful so that it truly frees me up to do what only I can do. Sometimes it takes a while to enlist people to do that. Praying through it and really centering on what God would have you do about this if this is the issue. It requires me to possibly lower some of my very high standards that are hard for anyone to reach, but very much worth it when it works out. In my life, there really are too many penguins on the iceberg. And my life is often not different from yours. It just has different details. If I don't operate in this particular um, priority of organizing my time this way, I'm going to drown. I would never write. I would not be doing any speaking ministries. There wouldn't be any time to prepare for it or go or develop any new material, period. My calling would be sitting undeveloped on a shelf somewhere and it shoulda, coulda, woulda land. I know this for a fact. So please heed this advice. I do not know what God has called you to do. If he has a mission for you to go out into the world and do something, some purpose for you in your life, which he does, every believer does, 
do not be discouraged and sideswiped by a pandemic or the reality that you are having difficulty getting it done because of all of your responsibilities because I'm here to tell you it can be done but you're going to have to prioritize your time in these manner. I want to offer you some advice. Find people in your life who can do what anybody can do. Let them do it so that you can do what only you can do. Now for number five, I want to offer you some odd advice. Odd coming from me. It's not really odd but it's odd coming from me but it really does fit here. The final essential is to be a finisher. Complete the good and let go of the great. That's the opposite of what I normally challenge you to do. It may ring true for you in this particular area. So please give me a little grace here to preach a little bit to myself and to you who might need this particular encouragement. I call the multitude to pursue excellence, never settle for good, only go for great, but not not here, not today. Not in this single example. For these super creative types with a hundred ideas flowing at once, with sticky notes and half-filled file folders with ideas or closets with partially completed projects and minds filled with ideas you truly believe God has given you to pursue and complete for His glory. I'm not talking about crafts that you want to pursue and things you want to finish around the house and DIY things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about kingdom purposes, things that you believe God's called you to do for the kingdom. We're focused on callings here, pursuits that remain unfinished while you continue to cycle in and out of discontent, disappointment in yourself, and a struggle to believe what your calling is and if you really have one because you can't seem to pull it all together and finish anything. On that particular project or task or team or dream or idea, if you could just tweak it or change this part or had two more weeks for that one element, it could be awesome. That might be your thinking so it never gets done. This is where the rubber meets the road for me in my life too many times. Sometimes I look around at other people sort of doing what I'm doing who seem to be doing it better in my estimation. I see them as they appear to effortlessly get more done, be more efficient, and therefore they're walking out in their callings. And I often find some kind of caveat like, well, she doesn't have eight kids or they didn't just go through this or, you know, something like that. But uh, recently I saw someone sort of doing what I'm doing and she did have a horde of kids. (laughs) So I can't always have that excuse. And maybe they don't have exactly the same details going on. But you know the drill. I'm sure some of you have found yourself reflecting on this comparison merry-go-round as well. It's something we need to stop as soon as we find it happening. And uh, get off that merry-go-round because it's not God-honoring. If this sounds familiar, you might be suffering from some kind of perfectionistic tendencies. You just need it to be better. It's stifles your ability to finish something and move on to completion. Those tendencies make us achieve more and better than we ever could without them. These God-given traits are going to choke us out of fruitful completion if we do not heed sound advice. Remember, when Moses was out in the desert wilderness with the Israelites, his father-in-law heard of all God had done to deliver them out of Egypt and came with the family of Moses and paid him a visit. After observing the routine that Moses was keeping up on a daily basis, this was his assessment and he came to him and said this, what you're doing is not good Moses. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourself out for the thing is too heavy for you. You're not able to do it alone. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. And then he gives him some advice to do it with other people. You and I periodically need outside voices that we trust 
to overpower our own tendencies toward excellence and that can-do cavalier spirit that we often have. There are times when what we are doing, although it's in excellence and it is for the Lord, it's just going to wear us out and we're not going to complete the task. Receive the outside voice calling us to completion. The problem is people who expect excellence of themselves and others, we have difficulty with completion. Here is some good and sound advice that I'm preaching to myself in this area. A good idea, fully executed, is better than a great idea that never gets finished. I just recently did some training with a guru in the publishing industry who just said, look, if you've got some things that are just laying around and they're not out there, if you believe God's given you a message and it's just laying in your office somewhere, not doing anybody any good, that's a fail. That is a complete failure. You've got to get that message out. So here's some practical execution that I want to offer for you. Take the important tasks that you have prioritized. Take one. Like my, I've got one that I'm doing from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. That's what I'm working on. Set a time limit on how much time it will take you to get it finished. And put it on your phone. Put it on a calendar. Tell your family and friends. Make it real. I am going to have this project finished, ready to submit or wherever I'm sending it by the end of September. That's my goal. I've been moving toward it. So keep moving. This is the next point. Keep moving until this project or idea is finished. Give it a rough going through rather than sort of perseverating at every turn and pothole. Just get it done. Draft it. Get finished with it. Keep moving until it's completed. And for me, what this looks like is sort of selecting an idea, going with it, getting it together going through a draft then clean it up if I need to do any graphics or anything like that if I need to get it published somewhere just cleaning it up until it's ready for that until I run out of time (laughs) basically that's what I've got to do now that might seem sort of simple to you but for me that process could take weeks or months for me to settle on the idea get it perfect I could just waste so much time and never get it done because then I have another idea and possibly three to ten by the time I get started on the first idea. All I believe are to be completed and are a priority. So I can really get sidetracked on this. In fact, I know I'm going to. My mind is just running six months to a year ahead of the rest of me. And it's just excruciating. Plus the phone's going to ring or buzz and I'm going to have something else to do. So this is really important to adhere to if that is the way your life runs. Don't allow this to happen or you're never going to get finished with anything. Remain focused. Don't chase the rabbits. Write the ideas down on a sticky note. I put mine in a little note in in my phone and I like to use pretty folders too if I don't have my phone. Keep it organized. It sort of beds down the urge to jump from topic to topic and save the new improved version of what you're working on until the next time. Just save it. Don't give in to that perfection right now. Just get it finished. I want to show you for a moment why this push to finish is so important. We find it from the Old Testament to the New. It doesn't take any stretches of the text or imagination to see how connected and intertwined fulfilling our callings are with finishing the task he's laid out before us. It's totally intertwined. It's necessary to 
the calling. Exodus 39:32. Thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished, and the people of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so they did. 1 Kings 7:40. He also made the necessary wash basins, shovels, and bowls. So at last Huram completed everything King Solomon had assigned him to make for the temple of the Lord. Then in 2 Chronicles 7:11, thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord in the king's house. All that Solomon had planned to do in the house of the Lord and his own house he successfully accomplished. Then 2 Timothy 4, 7, this is Paul, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And then we have Jesus himself declaring to his father in John 17, 4, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Finishing the important task on your list, even if it means settling for good to get it finished, rather than leaving it incomplete to try to finish perfecting it, may be holding us back. When we consider the time available in our 24-hour days, in our list of tasks and responsibilities, if we know the work God has given us to do, let us not be robbed of bringing Him glory on earth by failing to complete the work. Because our vision was too clouded by the less important urgent or the too many rewrites, unfinished better ideas, or possible improvements that were never actually made. Instead, may we become women who know What God says is important. Choose to neglect so that we can embrace what He wants us to embrace. May we understand what is urgent from what is important. May we live out our God-given callings and may we become finishers, completing the good, letting go of the great that keeps us in the drawer unfinished rather than getting the message out that He's called us to get out. Now, may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Stirring Faith Podcast. We plan to release a new episode once a week, and I would invite you to become a subscriber because it makes it so much easier. Please remember to rate, review, and share the podcast. You may never know the difference that you can make by just making a recommendation and sharing a resource. So please pass along what you find here. Don't keep it to yourself. It's so easy to do. Post it from Spotify into your stories. I would personally be grateful. And remember, there is more truth-saturated, gospel-centered, spiritually insightful resources at your fingertips. Just go to www.sheyearns.com where you're going to find more reading plans, videos, articles, and other resources, more than there's ever been before, to help stir more desire for God into your everyday life. I'm Cherry Strange, and it is always a pleasure to meet you here.